0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Downrange. Today, I have a very special guest, and that's Mr. Colby Tollier. Colby is the Director of Sports Performance at Joey D Golf in Jupiter, Florida. He has athletes on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, colleges, NFL, MLB, you name it, he covers it. What you're going to realize in this podcast is how motivating Colby is. Constantly throwing out his catchphrases. Some of those are, the season loves the prepared. Victory loves preparation. It's a busy time for Kobe. With most of his female athletes out at the Chevron this week. And all of his male athletes getting ready for the first major of the year up in Augusta. What most people don't cover with Kobe is how he got to where he's at today. He didn't just start out being this badass physical therapist or trainer that he is now. Kobe was born with a club foot and had multiple surgeries and wasn't able to walk as a kid. It took him a long way to get where he's at today. With incredible help and support from his mom and dad, he surrounded himself with other solid mentors while he's building his business to get it off the ground. He owes a lot of that to his original client base back in Baton Rouge. If you want to know more about Kobe, please follow him at his Instagram or Twitter account, or check out joeydgolf.com. This is Kobe's story. Enjoy.
1: How are we doing today? We're good, man. I love it. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. What's been going on? Man, we're just staying busy, man. You know, we got a big week coming up. So just getting the boys ready, uh, getting ready to make that trip to North Augusta and
0: see what happens. I know you have a ton of people in the stable, and we'll get to yeah. what the stable actually is. But when you're talking about getting people ready for, for Augusta, I mean, how many players do you have going up next week?
1: Uh, this year I got five. so <clears throat> So we're going to be – it's going, I got a good shot this week to try to hang the banner and hang a green jacket, hopefully.
0: I know. What, is, what all goes into it? What, what are you guys doing final prep-wise?
1: You know, so just for prep in general, you know, the, my whole training philosophy is I really don't train guys to peak for one week. You know, like when you look at it from a training, from a volume standpoint and how I build the program is I want to build like a rocket ship. That never levels off. We wanna we wanna get better every week. We wanna we wanna continue to push the athlete. We wanna continue to try to drive them from a neural standpoint. Like if I'm trying to get them to do specific things. Uh, if you take someone like Taylor Gooch, we might be trying to really get him to be able to clear. Um, we look at guys like a Max Homa. I uh, really want to get him to load his right side better. So we usually take those bits and pieces and we just reinforce those guys and those methods and those planes of motion and movement throughout the year, uh, along with getting strength, but getting strong is the easiest part. You know, like I told you when we were at that, uh, that camp, that golf camp with Tony, um, strength is easy. You know, if I place a load a demand on a muscle, it adapts, it gets stronger, and we just keep it moving. But when you think about the planes of motion and when you think about the neural drive that you have to have to be able to load properly and unload, I mean, it's a, it's a very ballistic and a and a very when you think about velocity like we're trying to create speed and velocity, so we have gotta dynamically train the body to be able to to be able to handle those loads
0: all right so if you if everybody understands what that means then we're <laughs> we're all on the same page here so you're me, a lot it, 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 it's a ton and that's a that's the biggest thing that i yeah. I gathered from being around you and and tony is like. You know, you know how much the body goes into the swing. It is your golf swing. And there's a lot, there's so much more pass instruction that like Tony can sit there and break something down a million different ways, but having you there to teach you loads and like actual movements with hands-on adjustments, it's like instant fixes. And that's from like, you know, and I know you work with everybody from like, Mm-hmm. you know not just juniors or or older people who are first starting out all the way to the best players in this
1: game yeah i mean that's the beauty of of what i'm allowed to do is to be able to be a part of each one of these guys and girls journey to be a better golfer but i want you to be a better athlete because i say it all the time right that club doesn't move till you pick it up so if anybody thinks that it doesn't have everything to do with how your body moves that factually it's just not true it's all it's, it's I just don't agree with that at all because that club is going to stay in that bag until you pick it up. So now if I'm trying to swing it on an arc and I'm trying to create loads and velocity and speed and all these force vectors, when you think about vertical force and rotary power, like that is a movement pattern that as humans, you know, when we deep dive into that onion, like as humans, like we, we know how to move. Right. But what happens is as we, progress we start to compensate and we create imbalances and weaknesses so if i give you a golf club and i'm like i want you to i want you to shallow this golf club out and you're like i don't have no idea what shallow means but if i tell you okay look if you take the club to the top and we start the swing from the ground up once you lead with your hips and you make that first turn and that disassociation occurs the club shallows and drops on its own So the the smaller muscles follow the big muscles, the trunk, the core of the body, the trunk of the body, those arms are just limbs that follow the trunk. So if I can get you to be able to turn your trunk more efficiently, and now you're working with a great instructor like Tony or anybody, like that allows you to get in those positions for that instructor to be able to allow you to become a better golfer and really teach you golf swing now instead of a fix like a band-aid, he can really teach you the movements of the golf swing.
0: Perfect. All right. So this is Coach Colby Tollier. Director of Sports Performance now? Yeah. Look at that. That,
1: I'm moving up. You, I'm capping. I, I know. I'm peaking. I'm peaking. <laughs> how, how long have you enjoyed Joey D been together? Um, I'm going on a little over five years. Um, I was in Louisiana my, my first part of my career, you know, that, that first, the beginning, I guess you could say, and uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth working with, you know, just regular joes and then juniors and got into collegiate sports and then it just kind of snowballed from there and then i really cut my teeth in baton rouge i was i started out in cardiac rehab and then i worked in physical therapy but i was always a little gym rat i played baseball um and i was always fascinated with the body um i was actually born i was i was crippled when i was born um i had a birth defect i had worst club foot they've ever seen in the 19 er, or mid 70s so they did yeah, so they didn't know what was wrong with me. Like I l- literally didn't, I didn't see my mom after she had me for like two days after I, my birth because they were trying to figure out what was going on and how to fix me. So they just put my feet in cast as a new as a newborn baby and they had no idea. So, um, I, and it kind of made me gravitate, I guess, toward that. You know, I was always fascinated with the body. Like even at a young age, like I, I was having surgeries and I was having therapy and I learned how to walk like four or five times I had five surgeries my throughout my life you know and the surgeries were so severe they would come in and like just break my feet sometimes I had to break it stick pins through my heels to kind of reset the bones and cut tendons and ligaments and it was just one of those things I had to force gum braces all that good stuff uh, you know I think that's what kind of pushed me and drove me into wanting to help people and have that kind of that kind of aspect on life and, and, and the hard work ethic and betting on yourself and not giving up and all that good stuff, that cliche stuff. Yeah. But it's actually true. No, hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah. So I did that for a while and then I opened my studio. My dad was about to retire. He was military. Um, he retired military and he went to the state police and worked 33 years for the Louisiana state police. So I basically went to him the week he was retiring and said, I want to open a gym. And he was looked at me like I had, three heads. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, it's not a gym, gym. It's like a studio. I'm going to train people, help people do this, do that. So I, you know, my dad took a flyer out on me. We mortgaged, you know, we grew up on eight acres, you know, just a small town family. And we mortgaged everything, the land, the house. And he gave his son a, a check to be able to live out his dream. So I hit the ground running, you know, of course, being a military man, he, I moved back home and he woke, I'd wake up at four o'clock every day and yeah. worked till 10 o'clock and two years I paid it all off. So I put a pool in a, in a hot tub at his house.
0: <laughs> good for um, you, man. And good so, for him. I mean, it's, it's the yeah. you know, the best investment parents can make is in their own kids. Right. But when you double down on yeah. that and say, okay, here's, here's your yeah. shot. Let's see what you can do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, he woke up. I remember the first day I woke up at four, three thirty, 30 and I was putting my shoes on. He was up, he was standing and looking at me in the hallway and he goes, hey, you wanted this son of a bitch. <laughs> get up and go, go get, get it. it. And I was like, all right. Yes, sir. And I hit the door and I was gone. So here we are. And I just built, I built that business. I built that business for the next 15 years. And like I said, and then I, I had an opportunity to work with some collegiate golfers that got them on tour. You know, I started with John Peterson, Andrew Loops, Molly Kaufman, and then the rest is history. It kind of just snowballed from there. Even before
0: that, I mean, growing up with something that you knew was wrong and you're getting some work done on it, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it had to affect how you were as a kid and moving around and and what you were able to do. You talked about being in casts and braces and then trying to recover and stuff. And I know you got pretty deep into baseball, but, I mean, when did the athletic part of you kind of take over as a kid and and kind of say, hey, you know, there's something – something else besides just how the body works, but I can figure out, go down this path of how to get it to actually properly function to maximize some per- performance.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it all started with me, you know I mean? Just from just being with my ankles and the surgeries being so severe and like learning how to walk again. Like I started at a young age, like just making up exercises just to help my ankle mobility. And I didn't even realize what I was doing. And I'd go back to the, for these checkups and these doctors were like, man, he's doing really well. Like, is there something that he's doing that, you know, we, cause like they put me in a medical book for my surgeries and stuff now. So when kids are born with club foot, like they use my surgeries as a, as a template to, for corrections and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was just from, from then on, like it just, I I just, it taught me a work ethic. You know, it it taught me, like I always knew I was different from all the other kids. So I had to outwork them, you know? So when I got into sports, did your old man treat you like you're different? No, no, no excuses in my household. Like we don't feel sorry for ourselves, and we don't do anything. We get up every day and we earn it. And if you don't get up and put the work in, you don't deserve it. So that's kind of like how I cut my teeth and it's in my DNA. And I just I still live that life today. You know, like, I mean, I want, you know, and that's the and that's the beauty of what I'm able to do now, like the journey that I'm allowed to be on no matter who it is. You know, just to play a part in that to in anyone's to see them succeed in their dreams and stuff that they want to accomplish. I mean, it's the best. It's the best there is, you know.
0: So back in Baton Rouge, you mm-hmm. opened the studio up, you, you bet on yourself, your old man bets on you. What was it like in the beginning? I know you're just out there grinding it out. Cut. Nobody's working harder than you, but w- where are you getting your clients from? How are you starting this thing?
1: Yeah, man, it was crazy. I remember I, I first started out and nobody really knew who I was or what we were. And it was funny. And my studio was called Body Mechanics. So people thought it was like a car, like a car, like a mechanic shop. So I get, <laughs> get more phone calls in a day about fixing doors and like alternators than it was for like the actual training people. You so, could probably do that um, too. Yeah. So I started, um, man, I just went out there and I just hit the ground running. Like, uh, it was all word of mouth. I've done everything my whole life, word of mouth. I don't really, I've never did a bunch of advertising or anything like that. Like when I opened up the gym, like I met like with kind of fiscal guys, you know, saying yeah. like, okay, like if you're going to open a gym, like you need to charge this, you need to charge that. I was like, no, I'm not charging a membership. And he's like, well, why wouldn't you charge? I said, I wanted to base, I want to do a good job. If I do a good job, there's no contracts. There's no, no catch. Like, I don't, you know, if I'm doing good, you're going to stay. And you're going to go tell five of your friends to come train with me. And and I just kind of built it from the ground up. And then, I mean, within probably the first six months, I started doing, like, like these Rotary Club business meetings. I would go speak and, you know, talk to these people. And I'd go to the universities, like LSU and stuff, and, like, um, do, like, kind of guest speaking, like, you know, just in services and stuff. And just kind of give my cards out to people. And the next, you know, man, I hired, I had 10 people working for me. And man, we were rolling, you know, like we were, we were clipping at a pretty good rate. See, there's a, there's a big difference though in this between, you know, being really
0: good and a badass trainer and coming up with a plan that people are actually improving, not only their bodies, but themselves. And, you know, there's a physical side of it, there's a mental side of it, and there's an emotional side. And I know you touch all of them, mm-hmm. but you're also, you're you're running a brand new business that's a startup yeah. and you were like, where, where are you getting your business advice from to
1: even get this thing yeah let alone going, like keep it moving. Yeah. It was just, I mean, I didn't really get any business advice from anybody at first. Like it was just, man, I just trained. I just trained, man. I put my head down. I had a goal. I focused on the mission and I just, I was day to day. I worked meal to meal, you know, like I just, I just, if I was, if I had seven one day, I wanted 10 the next day, you know, and then it just kind of, and then what I really did, what I learned more than anything was when I started to train the businessmen, right? So like I trained an older gentleman who was a president at a bank. And what I started to notice was the men that I was training at five in the morning, they were coming work working at, at five in the morning because they needed to work. They were working the rest of the day, right? So I had one man that owned like 56 McDonald's. His name was Charlie Valuzzo. And those were like my mentors, like when I, when I started out. Like the man that owned the bank, his name was Brent McCoy you know, and I had like a Kevin Riley who owned like Lamar Advertising. And so what I did, I just surround myself by successful people. And like they tell all the time, like more lessons are caught than taught. Right. So I just paid attention. I just paid attention to these successful men and what they were doing. And I trained, you know, a woman that was a president of energy, like the the electric company. And like, I just, I just would see what those successful people were doing. And I just wanted to emulate that. I just wanted to do that. So I took that and listen, you know, because like they're telling you their story, they're telling you how to be successful. They're showing you the blueprint. They're working out at five and six in the morning because they have to work till seven at night, you know. So all those things like Burton LeBlanc and John Fraber, who own like five car dealerships, like all these men and these women. I mean, they really motivated me. You know, And when you see success, I mean, greatness breeds greatness. Right. That's what I always oh, yeah. tell my clients and stuff. And I tell my juniors like you want to be successful, surround yourself by successful people. You know, like they'll show you, the people you're going to be around, like my dad would always say, show me, show me your friends and I'll show you how successful you're going to be. You know, like it's who you're around and what you do. And for me, it was like I told you, I just, man, my, I was going to, I was going to make it no matter what, no matter how many hours I had to put in or whatever it was, like I wasn't going to let my old man down, you know, the investment that he made in me. So. You cannot teach that anymore. Yeah. People, kids do not have that
0: anymore. Yeah. That's that's the shame of it, and I don't know if it's a parenting thing or just a, a random generational thing where everything's just kind of like, you know, here you got this, you got this. You know, uh, one of the downfalls of like, you know, every parenting, every generation wants to make it a little bit easier on on their their kids yeah. and everything like that. But man, yeah. that hard work and and drive that yeah. you know people coming up that didn't have didn't have much or they had just about enough, but they're mm-hmm. like, you know what, I, I want to go get this thing.
1: Yeah. And that's the big thing too, man. It's it's like with anything, right? It's like with any type of success that you may get, like just a little bit here, but It's like you, if you come to me and go, hey man, I really want to win a golf tournament. I want you to win 10. Like I'm not stopping. Oh, no, let's not stop at one. Like let's go. You know, like so for me and, and and I agree with you, like it's so different now. I think because like you said, I don't know if it's just people want to make it easier for their children and stuff, but I don't. I mean, my little girl, she's four. she's 15, you know, and as I tell her the same things and I want to know, you got to earn it, you got to earn it, like, and nobody's going to give it to you and the the real world, and that's what I tell her, like, I wouldn't be, I love you enough to let you fail, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, because you got to learn, you got to learn, you can't, you can't win all the time. That's not the real world. The real world is is, is not win, like, if you, You got to learn to like, like this. this, It sounds as cliche as it is. You got to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was my big thing. I remember going to these rotaries and people didn't even know who I was. I was, I spent half the time explaining to people where my business was like, what my business, like, and and why you couldn't
0: change their tires.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, where it was located. And it was just crazy because then, like, I won this top 40 under 40 business award, you know? And like, I remember it, it was like, these just these steps, man, these steps that you had to take. And it was like, you know, when most people was like, man, well you won, man. Like you made it. Like you're 20, you're 26 years old. And you just won the top business top 40 under 40 businessmen in the Baton Rouge area. And it was like, what do you want to do now? I said, I want to be the best in the world. I want to be the best in the country, you know? So it's like, it's just a drive. Like you said, it's just a drive to want to be something and be part of something bigger than yourself. It's always bigger. You know, my whole thing is like, like, even like the guys I'm able to work with and see the success, like the JTs and the DJs and these guys, like that, it's like, man, like there's nothing better than being a part of a journey and seeing people put in the work and then and, and get the results that they're looking for. You know, it's like, you show me the work, I'll show you the results. And the beauty of it is too, is like a lot of times, and that's what's, you know, exciting for me is just the work, man, the the work, the grind, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's awesome, man. It's in my blood. I love it. You know I mean? I've been doing it over 20 years and I'll do it 20 more years. Like I'm, this is who I am, you know?
0: So back in Baton Rouge, you're getting it going. When did you decide to go over to to LSU after you got a pretty good client base going on that that's kind of floating it and then next thing you know you start figuring out hey how am I going to get into some some collegiate athletes in here start working them out and then really I mean where where did where did golf come from in all this I mean did you start yeah I'm assuming you started with baseball or football because you cover everything now but where'd you pick up the golfers from
1: yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I was working. <clears throat> I was, I was working. I started with the golf stuff with more the juniors. Like I started working with some high school players and some, some junior players and started getting some pretty good results, like having them win like the state titles and state championships and, and things like that. And then I, a lot of my juniors started to get D one scholarships. And then from there, and it goes back to, what i tell you, man, it was just word of mouth. I had worked, I was working with some college players, some football players from LSU. I started with Steven Ridley and I had like Terrence Tolliver and Brendan LaFell and Matt Flynn and and those guys, and it was just like it takes one. You know, I started with one guy, and he would go tell the next guy, and then stuff. Like that. And then my first collegiate golfer was John Peterson. Like he just reached out to me one day. And was like, "Hey man, I, I heard you're you the guy. Like I want to come see you." I was like, "All right, come on in." So yeah, where the
0: where the hell did Petey get get you from? Just talking around campus?
1: Yeah, just people. Like I was a member at the university club, and like I guess like it was just word like I was I would go to the range on the weekend it was funny and like I literally would just like stretch people on the range and talk to them about exercise and show them like a drill and they and it yeah. just kind of started to become a thing where they knew I was coming to the range and people just started waiting like before their tea times they'd ask me this or hey man what you think about this which that and I just sit there literally all day long just talking to people about training and stuff like that so I guess the word started kind of like getting out and he just reached out and says hey and then We started working, and he, man, top threes at the U.S. Open. He wins the national championship at LSU. comes in top three at the U.S. Open, and a year later, we're at the Masters. You know, and it was just like – and that just took off. And then I got – him after I had him, Andrew Luke came in, got his tour card. He was there. And then Smiley graduated from LSU, picked up Smiley, and then Smiley got his tour card. And then that's kind of like how it took off from there.
0: So in the beginning with with these guys, are you – are you following them along in their journeys or like based strictly in Baton Rouge or are you now traveling? Like, have you, have you figured out that I have to be on the road with them?
1: Correct. So once those guys got their tour card, up, they, it was one of those deals was like, Hey man, like I'll come with you. Like I'll come with you out there and, and we'll keep this thing going. Like I, I really think that like, if, if you want to do this, like, I think we need to stay on it. And like, man, I did it. And I would drive to every tournament cause I didn't have enough money. <laughs> And I wasn't charging them. So like I wasn't working, but I was going work, you know, and, and I wasn't going to and I didn't charge them. I was like, no, man, like, let's just do it. We're on this journey together. Like, man, I'm I'm all in. And, I, and that was the big thing. They knew that, like, I was going to do it. And it wasn't about it was never about the money, all that stuff. I knew if I if I continued to do what I was doing, all that stuff would take care of itself. And so I remember I would drive to like Greensboro, you know, or I drive, you know, to these <laughs> different places because like, I couldn't afford a plane ticket. No I just had like this little truck, and I'd just drive all the way to a golf tournament, and I'd stay at a golf tournament i I was just I was spending all my expenses and everything just to get there and train them that week while they were there, and then man, it just started to snowball from there and then like I would come back home and be you know three or four grand in a hole because I'd been gone for two weeks on the road, and then I was like just back to the grind and then try to pay the credit card off to where okay, so I' got take it right minutes. back up. Yeah. So, so
0: over time, you started to pick up some more clients at these events or, or how did the, the growth of it start?
1: Yeah. So those guys really were like my springboard into the PGA Tour. And then I started working with more. I picked up the college golf team. I started doing the college golf programs. So I did LSU's college golf program. That's why I started working with Sam Burns and those guys when they were in, Ben Taylor, all those guys when they were at LSU. So the LSU was my first golf team that I did and they won the national championship. So I went in, changed the whole programming, did the whole thing. And I was a consultant. They hired me on to consult, met with the strength and conditioning coaching design program for the golf team. And then they won the national championship. And then that's when it really started taking off more and more. Cause I was getting more guys that were graduating college, getting their tour cards, getting to the corn uh, com tour. And then it just started and me being out there. So guys would see me doing it. And the next thing you know, it'd be like, I'd have an agent come up to me and go, Hey man, like, how's it work? What do you charge? For? And I was like, I really don't charge anything, but this is what it is. So I just threw a number out there, you know. I threw a number out there and then I realized quick that number wasn't enough. Oh man, <laughs> so, I bet. You know. So but but it was worth it. You know, I was like, man, this is what I have to do. Like I remember I would go and like I remember my dad and was like, son, you're not making any money. Like, what are you doing? I was like, Dad, I just this is what I gotta do, man. This is this is just part of the process. This is part of the journey for me. It's just
0: you're Yeah, doubling down on yourself again.
1: Yep. So then, man, man, and then my guys like not to steer too much off golf, but like all my NFL, my guys that I was working at LSU all started signing NFL contracts. So then I started getting LSU baseball players and they were signing major league deals. So then it just, that's when it blew up. That's when it became, that's when it became a stable. That's like when I was like, okay, like I need something. I remember I was watching a Derby and this guy was like, he's got the most, the greatest athletes of horses in his stable, blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, that's cool. So I'm going to start. That's what I got. I want the best athletes in the world. I'm going to call it my stable. This is what we're going to do. And so now it's like it's everywhere, you know, <laughs> Like, so it's like and it just it, it kind of took off. And one of those things, it was just, you know, I made like the little bracelets and stuff and would give it to everybody. And then it was like everybody wanted a shirt, everybody wanted a bracelet, everybody wanted a hat. And it just kind of took off from there. So and then that's when it really started to take off. And that's what it led me to Florida. You know, I had some opportunities in South Florida. I was meeting with some different guys. Some some agents were talking and wanting to build me like a, studio, a gym in South Florida because that's where a lot of the athletes were. You know, um, I mean, it was just crazy how it all just kind of came together. And, you know, here we are. So be- before you even got to Joey D
0: and you guys figured out the deal that, that you guys got going on in, in Jupe and living your good Jupe life, you already had it. Individual national champion in Petey. Mm -hmm. You already been to the U.S. Open. You already been to the Masters. You got a team national championship. You got kids that have been drafted in the NFL. You got kids that were drafted in MLB. Throughout that time, was did you feel success? What was there like your hard work? Was it rewarded financially yet, or was that still just hey, I'm just laying it on? That's all layaway.
1: Yeah, I mean the finance stuff started to come around. You know, like I was kind of like, I mean, it was really good. You know, I mean, I was, I mean, I was rolling. You know, I mean, I had a and probably awesome great trips. for the setup that you had in Baton Rouge. Like, yeah, I mean, been very comfortable. Yeah, I mean, the setup was it. You know, I had to I live where I wanted to live. I was a member at a golf club. You know, I played golf on weekends. Like, I could go to any game I wanted to. I'm on the sideline at LSU. I'm on the sideline for the Saints. I mean, the sweet tickets for the baseball games, I'm, you know, I mean, I, it was like, you know, we were here, you know, and it was but I needed to, I needed to get better. I needed I knew I can do more like I, I needed to push myself. I needed to see what it was. So I needed to walk away where, from all where did that.
0: that hunger come from 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 seeing peers around you or just the fact of like, you know, I know that there's another level I, I need to bite off more. I just know that there's something else that I can climb.
1: Yeah, man. It's just, it's me, man. Like, I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's just being born with a disability, you know, or whatever. Like, it was just, you know, I just knew I could, I needed to, I need to push it. I need to see. And like, I needed to walk away from all that and drive to Florida and not know a soul and see if I could do it again, you know, and see if I can build it again and see if I can and, and. That's what I did. You know, I walked away from the, I mean, I was the mayor. I mean, I could, I mean, my friends own restaurants. I would would have to worry about food. I didn't worry about, I mean, you know, and I went, basically went to my wife and I was like, we're out, you know, cause like I had my gym and then they had a group of guys that came to me that I had worked with in the past. And we wanted to build like this big Exos type deal, like a huge training center that you see. So they basically bought me out. They paid me to close my gym and go run that gym. And I did that for like a year. And I was just kind of like, I just, I need to do it. So I had dinner with Joey one night in Florida. I came down to Florida for some meetings and I was like, you know, man, I might just come down here and just pay you rent or like, let's just see what we can do. And he was like, man, if you want to do it, let's do it. I'm like, I'm in. So I literally had my meetings. because I wanted to honor those meetings I had set up with the, with these guys and these owners of these other places. And I I drove home and I told my wife, I said, we're out. I said, I'm leaving and I'll pick you up in December. (laughs) And she was just like, Hey, whatever, whatever. I said, we're going to be good. She goes, I know we are. Like, I, I trust you. Like, you. I know who you are. And this is, you know, and we did it. And I literally a week later, I had my car packed and I was driving to, to South Florida and I didn't know a soul but Joey, <laughs> you know, and I lived, I moved in this house for like two and a half, or like three weeks. And in three weeks, I got here. And within a week and a half, I was completely booked. Like I was tapped. I was, but my client, my book was full. I had moved out, I found an apartment, and I drove back in December and picked my wife and my daughter up, and we drove back, and here we are. With your relationship with Joey D, mm-hmm. describe that, I guess.
0: When, when did you guys first run into each other? How did the relationship form? And then, obviously, developed into an amazing partnership that you guys are both yeah. thriving on today.
1: When I was out on tour, right? So, when I first started to go out on tour, there were basically two guys that were on tour more than anything it was joey and randy myers um so i just like with anything right like with you just watch the guys you know you watch and see who they are and then joey and i would have conversations we'd all have conversations you know i was kind of like just a young kid you know just and i just would pick their brain and i would just pick his brain and we would have conversations and we meet at starbucks when we were waiting for our guys to get off the course and we were just kind of you know just chop it up and just kind of do that and and I told him, I said, man, like, we could do this. Like, we could change the way golf fitness is looked at throughout the world. You know, like, we, like that's my goal. He would ask me, he goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to change the whole thing. I want to flip it up on his head, and I want it to be what it is. You know, and um, he was like, man, let's do it. And I was like, so that's how we kind of formed that friendship. And he knew I was coming. I told him I was coming down for some meetings. I came down here, met with him, had dinner with him. And then we decided right then and there that it was going to happen. So I mean I pulled a trigger and I was done, and then we got back here, um, <clears throat> and I got to his facility and I was like, okay man, like like what y'all got going on? Like what's going on? He's like, oh we're doing this. So now we're gonna change all that. We're gonna do this, and we're gonna. Do- and I just kind of asserted, He put me in a in a, a leadership role, I guess you can say, as a as a director. And man, we just we flipped it on his head, you know. And we went from like having you know one or two tour players in there to having like forty and just started to change the game. Yeah, Hang, hanging them left and right now.
0: Yeah. It is it is yeah. very interesting, though, because you're, you're right. If you go back and look at it, there wasn't a lot of – hardly any strength and conditioning going on prior to Tiger coming on board, and then really mm-hmm. Joey and Randy for a long, long time. And I know, like, if you look at the golf instructor side and guys who are traveling week on week and tour and have their dudes – there is some, like, territory things going on of, like, yo, mm-hmm. that's, like, our bubble. Don't go over there. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. so interesting to look at your guys' side of it and, like, everything's like an open book. Like, yo, man, like, we're all learning together. Like, this is it. We're, like, the more that we can help each other out, yeah, it, like, the better off we all are.
1: 100%. And that's how it's always been. That's how it's, sh- to me, that's how it is. Like, man, it's, there's enough, there's enough out there for everybody to eat, you know? So, for me, it just makes you better, you know I mean? Like if you're willing to, to help people and you know, like my grandmother taught me from a very young age, like if you want to be a millionaire, help a million people, you know? So for me, it's like, yeah, that's why I do those camps with Tony. Like I'll always do those camps with Tony. I will, I will forever do those camps with Tony because it's about the younger kids. It's about teaching those kids the right way to do things, to have a plan. You know, just to be able to, to start those journeys and make an impact on people's lives, t- and to me, that's what it's all about. Like I'll always do that, no matter how many tour players I have or or how much success that I may have in my industry. Like to me, I always go back to that. You know, that's why I did it with Tony. I used to drive. That was another way. I like I would drive from Baton Rouge to Mobile, where Tony was, and we'd sit under this. We didn't have a building. We had this. He had this damn net. And he called it the dome, and it was a net. It was just this. <laughs> just, terrible thing and we would be out there and I would just remember going there and I'd bring like my bands and we started those camps just like that. Like he would have his kids and I'd bring these bands and that's how it evolved to where we are now. Now we're going to Ocean Reef and Doral and Frederica, Frederica Golf Club and all these places like that. I mean, it's amazing to see how it's grown. And and now that VIP camp that we're going to create now too, man, it's going to be awesome. You know, I owe a lot, I owe a lot to Tony. I owe a lot to Tony, like just, he, he always tries to say, I've done all this, I've done all this for him. But like, it works both ways. Like, you know, those drives that I made to mobile and stuff like that, like I learned a lot from him and, and, and just, it, it drew, there's another piece that I was like, I gotta do that. I want to do this. I need to do this. This is, this is going to make me better. It was just like when I was in a hospital, when those doctors would say, Hey, like, if you want to come, I always would ask the questions. And when I was in cardiac rehab and I would talk to the orthopedics and, you know, Mark Field was this huge orthopedic shoulder surgeon, and I would like always pick his brain. And he was like, man, you're in your residency or something. I was like, no, nah, man, I work in the health um, gym over here <laughs> in the cardiac rehab. He's like, you should go into the orthopedics. I was like, no, I'm good. I just want to learn about it. You know, so because I knew, and that's why I went into physical therapy, because I knew all that stuff would help me be a better trainer. Because like, if I understood how everything worked and how you can fix things that are broken you can apply it it doesn't have to be just one book it's thousands of books you know like and if you take bits and pieces the best pieces of all of it and put it all together you can kind of create your own little technique i guess you could say and how you do it so but um yeah i mean tony like i started with tony when he was working with smiley kaufman and um, he was like, I need you to help me with this kid. I was like, perfect. He went to LSU. I'll jump on it. Let's get it going. And then, like, I mean, next year, we started working with Smiley together. And then Smiley had success very quickly. He wins on the web.com. He gets on the PJ Tour, wins on the PJ Tour. And he's in the last group at Augusta. And then, you know, we're rolling. So, And then and then I I continued to work with him. With, and, yeah, as I see we get more people. Like, he would put me on. Like, you yeah, know, I want you to work in. So And it just kept going. You know, Lucas Glover and Robbie Sheldon. And, all those guys that he was working with that he would put me with now with Rick lamb. Like it's just one of those relationships. Like, I mean, he's, he's awesome, you know, and I'll always, I'll have his back. I know he's got mine, but it's, it's fun to be on those journeys. And like you said, like, you know, he does And like, it's cool cause I can play my part he plays his part and we feed off each other. I mean, you were at those camps and saw how it works. So it's, it's like that from a junior from a amateur to a tour player, you know? Yeah. So it's, it Instead don't change. It's the yeah.
0: same thing working at all levels. You just yeah. got to pay yes. attention.
1: That's it. Yeah. So it's just from a he's he's you know from a team concept like what we've created is 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 pretty special. It's pretty cool. All
0: right. So when you lifted up the stable, planted a new flag down in Florida, you take your boys with you. Yeah. I know you guys had a, a, a small pool of players that you guys were seeing full time, mm-hmm. but early on where are you guys developing your business at just just local guys from jupe dudes from tour or or how are you getting people in the in the gym
1: yeah we still when i got there we started um i reached out to every like general manager of all the i mean because you could throw you could hit a six iron and hit 20 golf courses right and i just started reaching out to the gms and be like hey just come in it won't cost you a thing i just wanted to show you what we are what we're all about and how we do it Mm and You know, and I'd reach out to swing coaches and stuff like that and agents. And then it kind of got the word, kind of got out that I was in the area. And then Austin Ernst reached out to me because she played at LSU and she was living in Jupiter. And she reached out and I got with her. And then two days later, Bud Collie reached out two days later after that. Lexi Thompson reached out two days after that. You know, Michelle, we reached out and it just it just took off. And then we started I started to hire more guys and put them through kind of like a uh, orientation to where we start hiring more trainers. And because when I got there, I think we had like three trainers. And like now we got like eight. We're going to hire two more. So we have 10 to hold the influx of what we got going on now. So it's been a beautiful journey. I mean, we've grown astronomical, you know, like in the last five years, like we grew, we grew the company at one hundred and twenty five percent. I think it was for like three years in a row. And just the turnover and stuff has been great. I mean, and then just word kind of gets out. Our junior development program at Joy D's is huge. You know, so we've got everybody. And that's what we want. Like, I wanted to create an experience to where no matter who you are, you can train just like the Justin Thomas's and the Dustin Johnson's. Because when you come in at 8 o'clock in the morning for your training session, they're training in there with you. Yeah. So that kind of like started to create that vibe, you know, that good vibe. And then the hang the banner thing. So it's like. I strategically place people in front of specific banners just to motivate them. You know, I, you know, I mean that's that's kind of the whole theory behind the thing. You know, like we're gonna, you know, and it's it's something that kind of took off from from a standpoint to where now like we're at the golf tournaments and people are winning or I get a text message after someone wins and they're like, I want my banner, like I want my banner hung, I want my banner hung ASAP. You know, so and yes, that's what sir. we wanted to create. That's what I wanted to create. That I wanted to create a culture that group that like we said, like the greatness would breed greatness. Like people would want to get better, you know, and you see it. And we're showing you the blueprint. It's right there in front of you. Like the guy that just won last week, he's just got home and he was in the gym at nine in the morning, going back to work and showing people that it's a lot of work goes in to what happens on Sunday. Like when you see him hold a trophy and people go like, well, yeah, I mean, he just won. But like, there's so much work that's put in to get to that point. You know, like I always say, like, that's why I say all my little sayings and my little hashtags my little hashtags and stuff, like when we say the season favors are prepared, like that's what we're doing. Like victory loves preparation. Like you got to prepare to what we're trying to get to. So and um, we've we've created it. We've, we've created a great culture of winning at Joey D's now, and I'm proud of that.
0: How do you guys keep a gym as, as real as it is and strip egos aside? Because it's, it's difficult. I'm sure you got the – the best players in the world at their specific craft. And I'm not just talking about mm-hmm. the golfers, but I'm talking about your baseball players and your football players, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, to get them to to just drop everything at the door and be like, all right, you're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to tell them from the very beginning that it's got to mean more and they got to want it more. And that it's not going to be easy and it's going to suck. But you got to embrace the suck and you got to earn it. Like, like, I can break anybody down, you know? And at the end of the day, it's about the work. And once you get them to buy in and once they understand it's about the work and that's all it's about and it's about earning it every day, like nobody cares that you, they, it gets to the point where nobody really cares of what they won last week. Like, it's about what we're doing this week. It's about being in the moment, being in the present, being focused on this rep and not last rep, the last rep or the next rep. It's about this rep. And once you get them to buy into that, And you create a culture of winning like everybody buys in at the door, you know, and it's no it's no smoke and mirrors. It's all about work. You know, when you get people, you can you break down. You can break them down easy. Like I get some of the best athletes in the world. I get in there and don't last 22 minutes and we're doing basic movement patterns, you know, because they just found a way to get it done. The beauty and the curse of being a great athlete is you just find a way to get it done. But you're not thinking about what you're compensating to achieve something. So what I do is I put you on an island. You know, and then you can't you can't run and you you got to figure it out. And it's about challenging them and seeing those steps that they make. And it's supposed to be hard because like I said all the time, like if if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's true. But, you know, my goal for you is to take you, show you the weaknesses that you have, eliminate those weaknesses. And now you know that you're you're better than what you were yesterday. We're looking for that one percent better. If I can get you one percent better for 100 days in a row, that's 100 percent better. You know, I mean, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. Because when you think about guys that are at the best of their sport, we're working on very small margins. You know, it's those little things, those little changes we can make, those little changes that I can make in a program that will do it. Number one, just not get you hurt. Right. So, you know, because you could be a great athlete, the best athletes in the world. That's my job is I can't make you worse. That's number one. I can't make you worse. But if I'm if I can make you better, then we're going to win. You know what I mean? If I can show you, you could spend five hours on a driving range trying to hit a draw, and I can let you hit a draw if you just let me work on your lead hip, and then you can clear and then you can shallow the club out.
0: That's so, that's so backwards to everything else that golf teaches you, though.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, we're going to still get it out of the dirt, but now I'm going to make your dirt work a lot more efficient because all I have to do is give you 20 more degrees of internal hip mobility in your lead hip, and then you can clear your left side, the club shallows, you can hit it from the inside. I can change your path just by fixing your hip, and balance.
0: We talked a lot about about Tony, but on the you know, you work with a lot of different players, and a lot of those players each have a lot of different swing instructors. Mm-hmm. Is there points where there's those crossroads, or there's friction there because of that, or is everybody like, okay, we we get this, we're we're now bought into this in the year twenty twenty two, we okay. understand this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with a bunch of swing coaches and I've I've enjoyed working with all of them. I've never had that friction because I stay in my lane. Like I ask them, what do you need this guy to do? And then I go get that done for him. I don't I don't cross that line. I think what happens a lot in our industry is there's a lot of line crossing and we'll kind of get a bad rap because, you know, a lot of people have difficulty just doing their job. They wanna kinda do this guy's job a little bit and this guy's job a little bit, then he can say I got they want to do it all. And they because they 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 want all the glory, right? And I'm good, I don't need the glory. I'm I'm perfectly fine being the guy behind the curtain. You know, I'm good with that because it's not about me anyway, it's about the player. So once you cross that line, if I got a swing instructor trying to tell it and I said, Well, you know what, you should try to do this. You know, like if you got a guy that's that's not like Dustin Johnson's never gonna hit a draw. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, me trying to tell Justin, you should play a draw. Like, that's that's the line you don't cross. That's, that's between him and Claude. You know what I mean? That's between him and Claude. If they got somebody like Lucas Glover who never hits a cut, you know, he's going to sling it. So, like, I shouldn't be telling Lucas Glover anything about his swing. Like, once you understand your role and you stick to that, then the success breeds itself. What happens is when you got everything crossing over and you get lines out of blur. That's why I tell my trainers at work, we don't diagnose, we don't do any of that stuff. You know, you're not you're not diagnosing any injuries and pains and stuff like that. We're gonna we train and we do it. You leave that up to the profession. You you let an orthopedic make that call. You let somebody who gets paid to read an MRI make that call. Right? So and I think, and that's what I've always done. Like I've never wanted to do more than what I needed to do. And once I understood that, like Tony does his job, and then my job is to make Tony's job easier. You know, if I can give you an athlete that can get the club where you want him to get it now because I can fix his body. Now you just go paint your Picasso. You go paint your painting. Like if I can give you a canvas that you can paint anything you want. Now that's when it starts to merge and you start to get this good synergistic, that good synergy and energy with the team, because everybody's working toward the same goal. We want that athlete to win. We want to be successful. And then that all takes care of itself. How are you dealing with people who are nursing
0: injuries something nagging you know they probably should get something looked at get it get it take some time off and just get it fixed because they're just pushing it down the road and it's just getting
1: worse and worse and worse yeah i'm just as honest with the athlete as i can you know because it's not about you just it's because like i said it's not about me it's about the athlete and as soon as they as soon as an athlete knows that you don't give a shit if they're it's, you know, if they good or not, you're just doing it for a paycheck or doing it for the money. Like, man, they're out the door. They're on it. They're halfway out because a lot of people are looking for a reason to not have to do it anyway. So it's like the big thing is, is like what I want every one of my athletes to understand is that, like, I'm here and I'm here for this reason. This reason only is to make you the best golfer in the world or the best running back in the world, or the best wide receiver in the world, or the best kicker, the punter. I mean, whatever we're doing, whatever sport we're in.
0: Do you think a lot of that your personality is what? makes people not only like flock to you but stay with you
1: yeah i mean i i hope so you know i mean i, I mean i've tried it. i just try to be a good person. not not to not to fluff it or fluff
0: you yeah, Kobe, yeah, yeah. but no. you, you know it you know there's something about you your magnetic personality from the moment that i met you i was like you know what you're dead fucking right mm-hmm. and there's something that makes you in like whoever it is invest in you and you have a presence about you that makes it like i don't want to disappoint you <laughs> i don't want to let you down yeah this is my own shit i get it I, I i deal with my own shit every single day but now you're just invested in, in, in me who is you know in the grand scheme of things and nothing let alone people who are the the greatest at this mm-hmm. there there's a a magnetic just presence around it and i i think it's like one of the greatest compliments you can probably give to somebody yeah because at the, on the flip side of it you're also the guy that's like yeah cool man like i i i'm just here this this is my job this is my little piece of the pie this is what i'm trying to do <laughs> and if there's if you're asking questions that goes any which way out of it, you're like, oh, no, that ain't my- You got that guy over there. That's your guy for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I just try to do, man. Like I always tell, you know, it doesn't take a lot of energy to be a good person. I just try to be a good person. You know, And my, my thing is, is like if I start working with you or if I'm working with Justin Thomas, like, man, it's about it's about getting you where we need to get you. You know, when I met you that day at the camp, like I had you on the ground. We're looking at your hips. I mean, that's it. It means something. It's got to mean something. You know, and like it, to me, that's that's why I do what I do. Like when people talk about their why, or you know why we do the things we do. You know, it's like those are the things. You know, like when you get a when you get a, a handwritten note from someone just telling you, you know, like how much of a difference you made. You know, and like that's why we do it, man. If like I tell people today, I ask, and it's just understanding with that too, and just being humble and keeping your humility and understanding that we're all human. You know, and like, we're just trying to get better. We're just trying to get better. And if I can help you get better, then I'm doing my job, you know, and I laid my head down at night and I know that I'm just trying to be a better man too, you know, this is how it is. Yeah, you're you're
0: right. that The never ending <laughs> pursuit of that. Yeah. And along, yeah, along that path, there's, you know, a lot of successes and that's partially due to, you know, a ton of hard work betting on yourself and laying it all out there, but there's a lot of failures that come along with it as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's anything that that you want to talk about or or really got you to this point where you're at now of like, yeah, you know, I, I decided to go down this and it blew up in my face and you know what, I'm a thousand times better for it.
1: Oh yeah. I mean all the things, man, like, you know, like having your own business and, you know, like just, Figuring it out, like saying, man, what we're going to do now, you know, or like, you know, you have your business and you lose three employees and you're like, "Okay, well, that's now you got to take that out and you got to do this. You got to do that. I mean, but there's beauty in the struggle, you know. So like whenever I hit a hard patch or, you know, like because it's not all rainbows and, you know, sunshine, but it's like you got to understand that there's beauty in skin needs. There's beauty in the struggle. And if you understand, it's just part of it. You know, there were times where I was sitting there and I was like, man, we were rolling, rolling. And that's what I tell people all the time, like, man, it's it's when you're doing so good, that's when you got to you got to stay humble and you got to understand, like, you know, because it's right around the corner Cause, like you never know, you know, like, you, you know, you can be good. And then like, that's what happened to me. Like I was clipping, going along, killing it, killing it, killing it. And then I had a colon rupture, you know, where in the middle of a training session and my colon ruptured in three places. And I think I got food poisoning and I'm septic, you know, and like. I walk in this hospital and they're like, man, you're, you're, this you is know, you're going good. to die. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm literally, if I would have stayed on the couch, I would have never got off the couch. You know? So those, all those things, you know, like, like I said, when you start to peel back the onion, there's so many more stories in there that I have. And I mean, you know, I would next day I wake up and I got a colostomy bag. Like, you know, I don't know what's going on, you know, like, I mean, here we are. And I'm like, they're telling you you're 20, I was 20 hours away from not making it and, you know, you know, that's when you, you go, okay, well, what do I do now? You know, well, I got this bag on me and I'm just going to cover it up with a jacket and I'm just going to go to work. You know, and that's all I know, you know, I'm just going to keep pushing, you know? And it was like one of those things where it's like, and when you're in a business where you're generating a lot of the money, you know, because I wanted to make sure my employees were paid the right way. So I was okay with that. You know, I don't, I didn't need to have an eighty twenty split as a business, you know. Like I wanted guys to control their own destiny and and have this, the same uh, opportunities to be successful. So and it's like that's all I knew, and I was like, I need to get up and I need to go do it. And next, you know, I but I pushed myself. Next, you know, I got seven hernias that I got, you know, I'm having another surgery. Like, you know, three months later, and now I got this screen and this mesh put in me because I had like Swiss cheese. <laughs> abdominals like it <there> was <laughs> holes everywhere I thought I had 100 and it was like seven you know it was just like, you know because like you know I'm I'm running around chasing NFL guys with a colostomy bag and they're like what are you doing yeah. you know but so I mean but all those things you know like it's all part of it like you know the, the struggle is part of my journey too like you know now and I can use that as when I talk to people, you know, I can use that if I'm, if someone's like thinking about, you know, man, I just don't know what I want to do. Like at the end of the day, like you can, all we can do is control. What we can control. You can't control nothing else, but you can control your attitude and how you want to face it. You know, I could sit back and be like, man, I'm, I'm done. Like I can't do abs anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't, I got a class but I got this, I got that. Or I can get up and be like, yeah, I have this, but I choose to keep pushing and keep moving forward and still getting better, you know? And it's just, it just is what it is. I think that was just part of it, you know, not being able to walk when you're younger and missing out on everything and learning how to walk and, you know, mm-hmm. learn how to walk four, three times, four times. And like, you know, doctor being like, okay, you can't play any sports. Like you're going to have to figure something else out. Like you can't, you're never going to be able to have a job where you're on your feet all day. You got to have a desk job. I was like, no, man, I'm not doing that. You know? And still to this day, like I didn't care. I would crawl to my bed at night because I couldn't walk anymore. You know, like those were the moments. You know, like it 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 molded me. It made me into who I am. And now, hell, man, you want to win a golf tournament? Let's go. That's easy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it seems easy as can be. Well, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, yes, it, it is what it is. Like it's, and this is about the work. You know, like if you put the work in, the results take care of itself. And ain't nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. Nobody can take it away from you, no matter what happens. Like, if you put it all, you bought in, you put in the work, you did what you were supposed to do, you left it all out there, I mean, you can walk out with your head high and you just keep putting yourself in those positions, and eventually it's going to pop. So, busy, busy time of year for you. Not
0: only do you got your, your ladies out at Chevron this week for their first major, you're gearing up for the guys at Augusta. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that you got you know you, you have NFL clients and baseball clients but really scheduling wise when things get thrown off in the year so like MLB lockout how much did that screw your schedule and where you're at with athletes progression and is there like a trickle down effect a, 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 I'm guessing like across a gym or you know how do, how do you plan and manage all that stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's long days, you know, it's long days. It's like, um, just, and my deal is like, we're going to get it done. So we just got to figure it out. So we might have to be there at six in the morning. We might have to train at six at night, but like, I'll, I'll get everybody in somehow, some way we'll go seven days a week. And that's basically what I did. Like I had the baseball guys on their schedule. I didn't interrupt anybody's schedule. When my NFL guys came in, I had them on their four day plan. My baseball guys were on their three day plan. My golfers were on their four and three day plans. Like we just made it work. And I'm fortunate because, like, that stable, right, is what I always talk about. And I'm nothing without them. Like, you know, like, so those guys, and that's the beauty of it, too, because when they buy in, they're like, man, I'll do whatever. I just need to get in. So it's like, all right, let's go. You know, so um, it was kind of crazy for a while there because we didn't know about baseball and, like, those guys just started hanging out. So it was good because, I mean, I love having them here because it gave me more time to do more things with them and get them more ready, right? I was like, hey, man, this is good. This is a good thing. Like, we got two more weeks of work. We're going to be two weeks better than everybody else because everybody else is at home, and they're like, well, I don't need a report, so I'm just going to chill. So, like, the guys like Paul Goldsmith and Nolan Arnato and those guys were in there, and, mean, they were working. And they were work, you know, and they were doing it. They were doing the work. And, I mean, man, you you don't have to worry about me. Like, I'm in. Like, you just, you just tell me when you want to get it, and you can get it. How you balancing
0: all this? Family, business, the road?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a juggle. I got an amazing wife. That's that's how i handle it. You know, I mean, you know, she's she's been supportive of me throughout my whole career, you know, for the 17 years that we've been together. Like, I mean, she's she knows she knows the DNA. Like she knows like I might come home at four, I might come home at seven. You know, it's just it's just one of those deals. And then my daughter understands that too, because it's about helping people. She's trying to help people make, do the right thing. trying to help them be successful but you know but with that being said you know when I'm but when I'm here like I'm here you know I don't want to I want I want to be with them and 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 be able to share my success with those with them also because they're part of it too you know because I couldn't do what I'm doing without the help of great people around me and things like that
0: you know your time on the road when you're dealing with or signing new clients or, or talking to your current clients that you have, mm-hmm. I know that that plays into it. And I know that obviously yeah. majors and, and team events are the the focal point of that. Mm-hmm. But if you had a young guy that was coming out that was, you know, hot shit and he's like, hey, I want you every week. where Where's the line there?
1: Yeah, no, like uh, it, it. what my guys do and what I tell them in the very beginning is I want you to own it. Cause I could go out every week, you know, but to me, that's not helping you because like, I need you to own it. I need you to own your shit. I need you to do your work because you have to be able to figure it out. So it all goes back to growth and it all goes back to progressions and and getting better. And that's part of that 1% better. That's part of that buying in to where I'm teaching you how to do it on your own. Like when you're with me in the gym, I want every one of my guys, if I'm training you, I want you after you've been training with me for about a month, like you know so much about your body and you're right. so in tune with your body. Like I want you to be like, okay, this feels off. And you go, Oh yeah, I know. I remember exercise the exercise to do that. You showed me, you know, like my guy, my baseball guys at leaf in their season, I give them their in-season programming and I want them to own it. So while well, I purposely do this, I'll go one week on tour and then I'll, I won't go for the next two weeks cause I'll send them their work. So my guys, I got to Valero this week. They're all doing their workouts. I send workouts constantly. And then my guys like Max Homer, who's in Scottsdale getting ready to go to Masters, he's doing his program. Taylor Gooch is in Oklahoma City. He's doing his program. Harold Vaughn is in Charlotte. He's doing his programming. You know what I mean? Like those are the things. That's all part of the journey. That's what you're going to get from me because you don't want me to hold your hand, you know? like. But if you own it and you, you own your shit, I always say it all the time, you own it, then you're going you're gonna to respect it a lot more. And you're going to want to do it a lot more because if it's spoon fed to you, if it's fed to you, if I hunt it, kill it, cook it, clean it, you know, and then clean it like you never had to do anything, you know. And then what happens is, is when you're out there on that island on your own, you have no idea what to do. So I'm doing you more of a disservice than than helping you out at all. I'm creating, I'm enabling you to not be able to get better because I don't want you to think you can't get better on your own. And if you own it, then you know what you need to do. You know, you know your pre-round warm-ups. You know what you need to do. And I mean, I'm in communication with all these guys, and it's the best thing. The best compliment I can have is when I do see Max Holman this week, and I see the Taylor Gooches and all those guys, and we start when I get them there on on Sunday, and I start doing all the resets and checking out their body how they're moving. I know if they're doing it or not. Oh yeah. And every one, every one of my guys, you know, they've always owned it. And to me, that's what that's where the success comes from. That's where the success comes from. That's when you have the wins. That's when you, you know, that's why, you know, these guys, you know, to have that many guys in Augusta this, this year is a good sign because that means they either won or they're inside the top 50 in the world ranking, you know. So for me, that's their journey. And then for them allowing me to be a part of that, man, like I can't thank them enough. Like they they motivate me. They drive me just as much as they think I drive them.
0: Well, it's a good group. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I. I, That's exciting. Not only like, you know, some of the best players in the world, but also some of the best people in the world who are are just as dedicated and driven and are looking for every possible tool to -hmm. put in their belt to continue to just grinding away and making themselves better. And you can't ask for more.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I tell them. I was like, man, like a perfect example is like I would tell you, I'll tell you like I tell them. Like, what would you do if you got to the first tee tomorrow and they go, hey, you can put three extra clubs in your back. Every one of these guys be like, hell yeah, absolutely. Well, that's just like your fitness. You eliminating your imbalances and your weaknesses and becoming a better athlete is like putting three extra clubs in your back. Looking at it that way, what
0: do you what, when you go to an event and you see people who you know, they're not putting the time in, they ain't got a plan. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if there, are, if, if there is time, you're like, what are, what are you doing? You're just basically wasting it drilling in old bad yeah. techniques and everything else mm-hmm. like that, that's a, an immediate step ahead for mm-hmm. for your guys. Yeah. That has to I, seem like a, a
1: win right away. Absolutely. That's what I tell them all the time. I was like, that's what I tell just like my NFL guys. When you line up against that guy that's going to guard you, like you already beat him. You got him beat already. You're four steps ahead of him. Like you, Lou, if you're, just because you have taken the time and you're doing the stuff you need to do and just warming up and taking care of your body, you're just like three extra clubs in your bag. That's giving you two shots around because you're not nursing an injury or your back's not going into spasms or you can clear the club now or you can keep it on plane, you can do different things. And now you got that extra gear. Where if you want to take that line, you can take that line because you got that extra ball speed. You got that extra gear.
0: And you know how to when, when to use it and when to not. And you know how to use it. Now I know we talked about it a little bit, but you you're you brought up Tony a couple times and Tony and the rest of the Dew Sweeper crew, we're gonna have you guys on in a couple weeks to talk about the new VIP program that you guys got. Yeah. And I'm very excited about it, not only because my history with Tony and why I'm kinda drawn to him and lucky enough to meet you and, and Dr. Greg and Wayne and everybody else, but what else do you got? It's not just a gym. I know you got a book coming out, so what 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 are we what are we doing here? Teach yeah. me about hanging this banner. Where's my yeah. damn banner? What do I need to do, man?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why we did the book. Um, that's what it's all about. We wanted to give everybody an opportunity to be able to train like the pros. And understanding from – so we basically – what I wanted to do was give you an in-depth look inside and see, like, why we do what we do. And why we pick the exercises we pick, why we how the body breaks down. So we go step-by-step step throughout the body and show you – uh exercises for mobility stability and strength and then when after you read you go through the book there's awesome quotes from everybody because i said the only way i'm writing a book is i want everybody in it. so that was on because i've been approached to write books for years and years and i said the only way i'm doing is i want every single athlete that i train to have an opportunity to be in it and then it was great every one of my guys jumped at it which was meaning it meant the world to me so we got quotes in the book and and, you know, from every one of my athletes that I've ever trained in the golf world that are on the tour now. And um, <clears throat> it's going to be cool, man. It's, and at the end of the book, you have to read this book. It teaches you so much about the body and how it works in the golf swing. It shows you the workout. You can build your own workout because you take those exercises, which show you how to piece it all together and make your own templates and your programming and stuff. So, I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to flip the industry on its head. I think it's going to be something that's going to hopefully will last a lifetime have you seen
0: this type of training that you guys are doing starting to spread ac- across all of either strength and conditioning or specifically, you know, I I know that you grew up being a-, a-, a TPI guy, but is this starting to play in at gyms that are sports-focused across America?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I think I think you're going to see <clears> – <throat> I see a lot more of the movement patterns that you would want to see from a sport specific thing. And then of course you got your, you got your different, you still in our industry, you got those bubbles, you know, you got, you got the, the power lifters and the guys that think functional is just that. And then you got this and you got that. I mean, so to me, it's the, it's the beauty of all of it, you know, I've had, but to go back to your original question. Yeah. I, I think you, I see a lot more of it now. Like just from the accounts that follow me and they tag me in some specific things like and it's exciting because, I mean, that's how you get better. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Usually you're probably going to get passed up. You know, I mean, things evolve, things change. The science is the science is there, you know, and that's what I always try to do. I always try to to, you know, use everything that I've ever been associated with or are trained in those specific things when i think about sports specific training is i specify that sport and i want to train you in that arena so if i take a rotary sport i don't want to just train you stationary and linear i want to incorporate some rotary some rotary functional stuff in there too so my method of training is kind of like i bring it all in you know because a lot of people see what i do and they're like well you don't lift any weights like we lift weights but i just don't let you lift until i know you can lift it because it's just pointless if we're just doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Put um, more harm on your body than anything else. Correct. You know, I don't do the, the lift it till you get it program is not prescribed in my, in my deal. So, and that's what we wanted to be able to do is understand that there's so much stuff and it's pretty cool, right? Cause like when you think about neuromuscular training and proper reception and you think about strength and you think about the modalities of the joint and the stability and the mobility and, All those things to be able to merge all that together. I mean, it's, it's, I love it, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome, you know. Trying to take
0: a step back from the, the professional coach that you are for a second and a, a Cody question. And we're coming up on like really probably 12 to 13 years of what I would say is like this really weird evolution that started with like, you know, kind of like the CrossFit phase Mm -hmm. or craze of the world Mm -hmm. where you started to see people who had minimal really training teaching people highly Mm -hmm. complex olympic lifts not only for Mm -hmm. high rep but a lot of times like high weight high rep that is like doing incredible damage to their body if they're Mm -hmm. like with with improper form and we're kind of yeah. coming that out of that now. And that's part of it. It's like the downfall of CrossFit and yeah. everything else that they had going mm-hmm. on as, as an organization. Yeah. But I know some of that crept into the, the athletics world for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there things that you still see now that were damaged, applied based off of that that you're trying to reteach people out of? Not only professional athletes, but like your normal clients as well? Or is that somewhat gone by the wayside now?
1: Yeah. I mean, you still have it because like a lot of people you're going to work with, like did those things before and they're coming and they're injured. So you, you know, you got people that's coming off of labrum tears or rotator cuff tears and say, Oh, what'd you do? if I was doing this and I just wasn't ready to do it. So, you know, for me, that's why the assessment is so important to understand like what your body can handle, how your body can handle. That's why, you know, if you walk in a gym, everybody looks, you know, I think from a CrossFit standpoint, it was catered to a specific demographic. It was just kind of like oh, you got in shape. I mean, yeah. You got for to share because, sure. like, you either, you either died or you got in shape. It was back to what I was you before. The strength part is just easy. So if I just kill you, like, if, you're going to get in shape. But it's like, what are you sacrificing to do what you're doing? You know, for me, you know, I think we're starting to see a little that whole genre. It, it, but I understand it because it was it literally like you you just walk in the gym and just do what the guy inside of you is doing you know i mean it is what it is it's like i call it the muscle and fiction magazines because like, yeah you know it's like you know it served its purpose i mean it was it was a very low low um overhead type of business which was just easy but like i said like a lot of people got crushed you know it was you know so from a different but like to answer your question yeah i see i kind of i'm seeing less and less of it now i guess what you could say like um and I'm, you're starting to see a lot more from a training concept, the more of a, the um, um, movement type stuff, you know, like when you talk about the hit programs and things like that. And, um, you see a lot more band work. You see a lot more TRX stuff, the suspension it's a, training. It's incredible what,
0: like. how good of a workout you could do with just doing body weight stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, and, you, and it kind of just evolves. It kind of goes ebb and flows, right? I mean, it's like, the new thing, you know, cause like training's training, man. Like you don't have to be sexy, you know, right. some of the best training programs are just, it's just, you're working. This, there's only so many muscle groups in the body. I mean, you either pushing, you pulling, or you squatting, you level changing. You know, I tell people on this, like they human, the pillars of human movement. You got pushing, you got bipedal locomotion, which is running and walking. You got pushing and pulling, you got level changes, sitting, standing, squatting, lunging, and you got rotation. That's it. That's how I train. Like those are the those are the pillars of human movement. And if we stay in there, we can train any individual in the world. You talk about muscle fibers: type A, type two A, type B. Now I could train any human on Earth, just based on that philosophy.
0: Well, there you go. Again, Kobe has a simple way of breaking it down that it will go completely over my head. But hey, you you're, you're so confident with it. I'm like, yeah, you you got it, boss. <laughs> Good. Thank God. Thank God there's You're people God. like you out there. You're my God. I love it. I love it. All right. Good luck this week. Good luck, of course, next week. I know it's a long, busy week for you. I didn't bring up the question that everybody wants to ask because we're going to wait and see how that plays out. People can follow you on Instagram, at Kobe Wayne. Get you on uh, Joey D's website. I'll mm-hmm. put the links to your Twitter, to your Instagram,
1: uh, what's up with the book? Where can people get this book from? Man, the book's going to launch. I'm, I'm sending you an advanced copy because like you're special. So it's good. So um, you, you're going to be getting that in the mail very soon. That's kind of a kind of little goodie bag and all that good stuff. So, I mean, we did a really good job from a, from a standpoint, just kind of intro uh, to get you guys involved in it and to get you a chance to read it and let me know what you think about it. And then we're probably going to release it at the end of the month. Um. And then we're going to have our Hit It Great app is going to be coming out later this year. And that's the real deal. So that's like a subscription-based app where now you can train. There'll be in-app purchases, speed programs, modality programs, like, I mean, everything. Like from everything, that who who I am and why I train the way I train, how it breaks down, where it's, it's going to be in your hand. You can take it in the gym and you can do it right there. So I created a program called a big 18. So it's just like 18 holes of golf. So, um, I created that to where if you do these 18 moves, you're going to be a better golfer, period. That's all you can do that exercise program right there. So it's the best of the best. And then we're going to get that out hopefully by June. Um, so I look forward to it, man. It's just like, I'm just living the dream, baby. There
0: you go. I love it. Everybody's got to get involved. Kobe, you're the man. I appreciate you taking the time. You uh, not only enrich my life, make me better, but make me think about stuff like completely different. And every single time I leave a conversation, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Today was a a day well spent because I'm taking something from it. Not only making me a better person, better athlete, but a hell of a lot better golfer. I love it. and, And I appreciate you for that. So, We'll make sure that when the book goes live, we get links out there. We'll get everybody involved. And, uh, man, you know, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you.
1: Absolutely. Me too. Appreciate you. You're the man.